we've been in a series on uh, the Ten Commandments, and you know, one of the, the knocks that Christianity gets, or uh, one of the, the negatives that kind of goes towards Christianity from the world, or from people who consider Christianity, or following the Bible, is that you'll hear this argument that there's just way too many rules in, in that quote-unquote religion. How many have ever heard that before, that there's just too many rules, or maybe you've thought that before? Uh, maybe... You'll keep this to yourself instead of proclaiming it publicly here. You've thought in your mind there are just way too many rules to follow or too many commands to keep or too many restrictions that are placed on the believer in Christ. Maybe you've thought that. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you've said that before. Uh, Here's the great thing that the Ten Commandments is reminding us about that the law reminds us about is that on the contrary to Christianity being all about keeping all of the rules. The reality is this, that Christianity following Christ is absolutely necessary because no one can keep all the rules. That The reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news concerning Jesus Christ, is that no one, not one of us, was capable of following all of the rules or keeping all of the commands of God or following the law perfectly. We all would be law breakers. We are law breakers. We are command breakers. And because of that, Christianity and following Jesus Christ is not all about rules. It's about the one who perfectly kept all of the commands and died on our behalf so that we could have forgiveness of our sins in breaking the rules. It's about Jesus. And so if you're here today and maybe you've never followed Christ or you're not even sure what that's all about or you've kind of put yourself at a distance to following Christ or Christianity because you think it's about keeping all kinds of rules, I have good news for you. You can't and I can't and no one can keep all of God's rules or standards. Jesus did that though. And he died on our behalf in your place, in my place to take the punishment that we were deserving of because of our sin. And instead, we are now seen as holy and right in God's sight. So even when we disobey, there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. You know, the word of God tells us that was the point of the law, of of the commands that God had given, was to point us to Christ, to the need we had for Jesus, to show the individual that we were lawbreakers, that we were incapable of perfectly measuring up to God's holy standards. But Jesus did that on your behalf, on my behalf. In James chapter 2, verses 8 to 11, James says this. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you're committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Listen to what he says in verse 10 here. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. Don't miss what he says there. Look at that top line. For whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you become a transgressor of the law. Here's what James was was emphasizing and he was pointing out that you or I could, could perfectly, even though we're not capable of it, but say we were capable of it, we could keep 
every one of the commands of God with perfection. And if we just slipped up on one, we're guilty. We are guilty before the one true holy God. And so we can look at these ten commands and we can breeze through them. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make any idols. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not covet. And we can read through this and be like, man, I am awesome on like nine of the ten. Then we'd be guilty. James tells us if we just transgress in one area, we're guilty of all. We are guilty before a holy God. That's where the word of God tells us all, everyone, all has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. And so as we look at these commandments, the the point of these commandments is not to show you you're a sinner. We already know that. We all are sinners. The point of the commands was to point us to Christ. Now, it's good to revisit these because these ten commands, nine of the ten are repeated uh, in the New Testament scriptures for the church, for the follower of Jesus Christ to follow. Nine of the ten are commands that are given to us today that we should be following in obedience to the Lord. The one command that was not repeated as necessary in the New Testament scriptures, specifically for the church, for the believer in Christ, was the command that we looked at last week, and that's to remember the Sabbath to keep it Holy. This was one command that God had given to the nation of Israel that was not re-emphasized in the New Testament scriptures for the church. But the other nine, nine of the ten, are repeated and emphasized again for you and I as the New Testament church to follow and be obedient to the Lord. And so we're covering these again as a, as a reminder for a matter of obedience. That if we want to obey our God and obey his word... It's good to be reminded of these commands. Now, we set kind of at the very beginning the foundation of understanding that there are over 600 Old Testament laws. And God took all of those Old Testament laws and he put them and condensed them, if you will, into 10. And really what he's telling the nation of Israel, you follow these 10, you're going to cover the other ones as well as you're following these 10. But what Jesus did was something great. I don't know how many of you like to take things that can be very complicated or long and bring them succinctly into just a couple. Maybe you know what cliff notes are uh, for a book. If you had to read a book for a book report for school and you didn't want to read the whole book and you could get the cliff notes and just read it and it would tell you like what the book was about without having to actually read all of the book. Anybody ever do that? You are guilty under the law if you did that because most of the time for book reports you had to ask like did you read the book and you could kind of skirt around and be like sure I read the book didn't say the whole book not the entire book but I read the book but but what Jesus did in the New Testament was he took the 10 and he said listen I'm going to give you two commands that all of the law and all of the prophets hang on these two commands the first one was this love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your mind, with all of your strength. That's the first and greatest command, Jesus said. Love the Lord your God. Say that with me. Love the Lord your God. And the second, Jesus said, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Say that with me. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. And so, in summary of the Ten Commandments which in in many ways was a summary of the over 600 commands, Jesus then takes that 10 and puts it into two and says, if you can love God and love your neighbor, 
as yourself, then you have an understanding of what it means to be obedient to the commands that God has given to us. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. If we were just doing those two things truthfully, truly those two, uh, we would be obedient to the Lord in, in what we're doing. Love our God and love one another, love our neighbor as ourselves. But we want to get this morning to the fifth command. The fifth command, which is honor your father and mother. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it says this, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. Now, I, I want to say this morning from the, the outset, I am so thankful this morning for uh, my mom. And uh, I, I was sharing in a previous service and had thought through what I wanted to share. And for some reason, and I don't feel like it's going to happen right now, in that first service, uh, I, I got all choked up as I started talking about my mom. And I had to pause and I was like, listen, my mom is still living. She's perfectly healthy and fine. I have no idea why I'm getting choked up as I talked about my mom. But I, I understood part of the reason is my mom was just the, the epitome of a woman who was selfless. Uh, she is the epitome of a woman who is selfless, uh, who loved us as her children and who wanted to model Christ to us, who wanted to teach us, wanted to lead us well, and, and was always the one in our home that would be willing to do without so that we could have what we need. Uh, that's how my mom is. To this very day, that's how she is. Just an incredible, incredible mom, incredible woman uh, who loves the Lord and honors the Lord and loved us as her children. And yet, this Honor your father and mother uh, was a difficult one for me in particular in honoring my mom when I was growing up. Uh, my mom would be what would be considered a little bit of a softie with, with her children uh, in the sense that if we complained enough and we nagged enough, we could normally get her to, to cave is what we could normally get her to do. And so when my mom would say something or she would you know, tell us something, I remember uh, it wasn't that big of a deal in our minds, but what was a big deal in our minds is when my mom would say, wait till your dad gets home. Then we knew things were serious when that, when that would happen. Uh, I remember as a kid, even growing up, when my mom would, would tell us not to do something, and if my dad was at work or whatever, and, and we would disobey or whatever. And I remember, like, you know, I was younger. If my mom was going to, like, give me a spanking on my butt, uh, I would laugh, and I would tell her that doesn't hurt, which wasn't the brightest thing to do because, you know what, she would be like, well, then wait till your dad gets up. Like, that's what, so you'd think as, like, a kid you'd catch on, but I would just, like, love to let her know it didn't hurt when she would spank. So that's maybe why I got teared up a little bit this morning because I was like, man, I was such a bad kid to my mom with, with as much as she was loving towards towards us uh, as, as their kids. But I have a great example as, as a mom uh, that was growing up that, that loved the Lord and, and should be honored. This command that God gives to the nation of Israel and one that is then repeated in the New Testament in, in Ephesians chapter six, Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Paul reemphasizes this in the New Testament scriptures as a command for you and I to obey in honoring and obeying our parents, honoring our father and mother in the sight of the Lord, for this is right. And if you're like me, and I gave you the example of my mom, you know, even if, if our parents uh, led us well and were good to us as children, sometimes we would be guilty of not honoring our parents, right? Or not obeying our 
parents. And again, this emphasizes what we said at the very outset of the series on the commands. We're guilty. We're guilty uh, of not at times honoring, at not at times being obedient to our parents. And yet here this command is honor your father and mother. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to give five truths regarding the fifth commandment. Five truths regarding the fifth, fifth commandment. And then real quickly at the end, five challenges regarding the fifth commandment that will go really fast. Uh, so don't worry, you're not going to be here past time because there's five truths and five challenges. But let's look at these together. First, the five truths regarding the fifth commandment. Number one, fathers and mothers are part of God's plan. Fathers and mothers are part of God's plan. And there's really two reactions to that this morning. If you are a mom or dad, a father or a mother, you need to have this understanding that God has you as part of his plan. If you are a child today, if you have a mom or dad, and when I say child, I don't mean under the age of 18. I mean, if you have a parent who is living, if you have a mom or dad, you have to understand as well that God has a plan and purpose for your mom and your dad. God on purpose created the way he created. Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28 we read, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. From the very beginning, God created man and woman, male and female, to be joined together as husband and wife, to be fruitful and multiply, to replenish the earth. God, from the very beginning, had a plan for moms and dads, fathers and mothers, overarching plan in all of his creation. Now, I, I, I think we all understand and know this morning that culturally, so much of the standards that God had put in place is under attack. Right? I mean, in Genesis chapter 1, just from the very beginning about God's creating them, male and female, and husband and wife, be fruitful and multiply, there's an attack and, a, and, and, and really a, a, a pervasive attitude amongst the culture in which we live to attack even that standard that God has set of marriage, that standard that God has set in his creation of identity, of, 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 of sex, of the marriage relationship and the very identity and image of God in man, that's under attack. But so too under attack today in our culture is the specific part of the plan of God that husbands and wives, that moms and dads are to play. God on purpose made it so that a husband and wife, so that a dad and a mom would be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And God specifically had them as part of his plan in his creation. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Listen to what he says in verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. 
There's a command here. There's commands here. There's instruction here that is given about the role and part of the plan of God that fathers and mothers in the home should be playing in the lives of their children. Specifically, God says, in regards to the instruction that he has given, the commands that he has given, the teaching that he has provided, it is the responsibility that we have as parents to speak of these things, to talk of these things, to teach these things diligently to our children. He says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You shall be, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. If you are here today as a mom or dad, if you are here today as a father or mother, you are part of the plan of God in giving God's instruction to your children. I need to share with you today that a youth pastor cannot take the place of you in the home. Parents, you are called by God as part of the plan of God to give instruction to your children, to teach them, to train them in the word of God, to know Christ, to be modeling and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in your home. That is a calling that we have as parents. That is the part of God's plan that we are to play as parents. We should be as parents leading, directing, and guiding our children well. I, I mentioned I'm, I'm so thankful for my, my mom. I'm thankful this morning on this Mother's Day for my wife. For my wife, Shoshana, and the mom that she is to our girls. I, if you come to our house and you walk around our house, you'll see uh, the decor on our walls that they're scripture verses. They're like, they're trendy scripture verses as far as how they look, but they're posted on our walls. That if you walk through our house, there's a verse here and there's a verse there and there's a verse here. And, and I'm so thankful as I think about my wife, as I think about the mom that she is to our children and the desire my wife has to, to care for and teach our children God's word and to model the word of God in our home. That is a calling that we have as parents and part of God's plan. You know, Jesus uh, emphasized this as a given that parents were part of the plan of God and that they would do good and give good things to their children. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 to 11, where Jesus is trying to give this, this understanding of how our heavenly Father is good and he gives good things to his children. He says this, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Jesus has given it as a, a given, as though as an expected reasonable thing to consider that, that fathers would do good for their children, that they would give good things and the things that they need to their children. And that's not only in the physical sense, that's in the spiritual sense that they would be teaching and training and guiding as well. Fathers and mothers, you are part of God's plan. Number two, fathers and mothers are to be honored and respected as an authority that God has placed over children. I, Paul said it very clearly in Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents. He reemphasized this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they'll become discouraged. Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. It pleases God for children to obey their parents because they recognize that the parents in their lives that are over them in their home have been put there in a position of authority by God. There's a reverence for the Lord that is seen in our obedience to our parents as their children when we're under their authority and under their care. This is a very serious matter that the Lord had given to the nation of Israel, instruction he'd given to them, and he was very serious about this. God wanted the nation of Israel to be set apart as his people, and he wanted their actions and all that they were producing and all that they were doing to be seen as people of God, as people of the holy God of the universe. And he took these things very seriously. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, not a real popular uh, few verses. In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 to 21, listen how seriously God took this matter of children obeying their parents. He says, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones." So you shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. So parents, here's some ammunition for you. If if your kids are ever like, this house is way too strict, there's way too many rules. Like if that's ever like, let me read you something, honey. (laughs) Shall take them to the... They shall take them to the edge of the city. Then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones and purge the evil from amongst them. Now again... I would not be here right now if this was the standard and the call of of punishment for disobeying our parents today. Thankfully, this is not something that is reemphasized in the New Testament scriptures as a punishment for dishonoring our parents. Now, why would God have this? Because this was when the nation of Israel was going to be going into the promised land and God wanted obedience and God did not want disobedience foolishness and disobedience to the Lord to be found in the camp. And he, and he said, listen, if there's one who will not heed the voice of correction, if there's one who will not be disciplined, if there's one who will not respond to the discipline that comes into their lives and they're stubborn, they're rebellious, he says that you are to put them to death to purge the evil from your midst and all Israel shall hear and fear. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verses 14 to 16. It says, The Levites shall declare to all the men of Israel in a loud voice, Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image, an abomination to the Lord. Cursed be the one that makes an image that's an abomination to the Lord. Cursed be that one. And then guess what he follows that with the very next statement. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. God took this matter very seriously. Now, we fast forward to the New Testament and say, well, thankfully God doesn't take it as seriously in the New Testament that we're going to be punished by being stoned to death outside the city. 
Uh, you know, and, and being stoned to get death, I'm, I'm taking it for granted that everybody know what that is. Being stoned to death is, is not, you take them to the out, outskirts of the city and you, you know, you throw these little pebbles at them and you just try to injure them. Being stoned to death would, would literally be something where they would take these rocks and, and boulders to literally crush the person to the point of death. Just crush them. It's a brutal way to die. And we can look and say, thankfully, that's not what God does say. But listen, here's why I felt like this was important to share with you how seriously God took this matter. Any instruction that God gives that's a matter of obedience to the Lord, God takes in a very serious manner. And the same is true today. That we as children of God, as those that desire to honor and obey the Lord, should take this just as seriously because God has commanded it. God has commanded it. Fathers and mothers are to be honored and respected as an authority that God has placed over children. Now, some of you are sitting there and you're thinking like, you don't know my parents. And I can't believe you would say I need to honor and, and obey and respect my mother and father when you don't know what they're like or you don't know what they've done. Now, this brings me to point number three. Fathers and mothers do not have absolute authority. Fathers and mothers do not have absolute authority. And number four, we'll get to in a second. You don't have to put it up right now, Claire. Fathers and mothers are not to be obeyed without limitation. We're gonna talk about those two things in just a second. But look at this. Fathers and mothers do not have absolute authority. Now, there's a difference between honoring our parents and recognizing that God has put them in a position of authority in our lives and respecting them and obeying them in the Lord in a way that would honor God and obeying, respecting, and honor them, and honoring them without any kind of limit or any kind of limitation. Fathers and mothers do not have absolute authority, whereas they do have authority as the ones that God has placed in our lives. They don't have absolute authority. I think Jesus made this very clear in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew 10, 34 to 39, he says, Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother, A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Understand what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that whereas there is a role that fathers and mothers play, and there is respect and and, and an honoring that takes place, fathers and mothers do not have absolute authority. The ultimate authority rests and lies with the Lord. And so very clearly when honoring or obeying uh, mother or father would be in direct contrast to what the authority of God's word says to us, we obey God rather than man. Understand that the authority that is received on the part of fathers or mothers, comes from the Lord. But they, ultimately, fathers, mothers, we answer to the Lord as our authority. In Exodus chapter 20, where we read that we are to honor our father and mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is living, giving you. If you jump back to the verses from last week where it speaks about the Sabbath, it says the Sabbath is to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter. Parents have instruction from God, and they recognize that God is their authority. And so parents don't have absolute authority. The Lord has absolute authority. We need to understand that. In Colossians chapter 3, the same passage that says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing the Lord, continues to say, Fathers, don't embitter your children, or they'll become discouraged. 
Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers and mothers have instruction from the Lord. We are to be obedient to the Lord. We do not have a greater authority than the Lord has. And so, listen, as children, yes, we honor our parents. Yes, we obey our parents in the Lord. But anytime honoring father or mother, obeying father and mother would be contrary to what the word of God specifically calls us to do, we ought to obey God. And sometimes those areas can get all mixed up and get very gray. It leads to point four, fathers and mothers are not to be obeyed without limitation. We need to hear this. And and, and hopefully as parents today, we would never put our children in a position knowingly where we would ask them to do something that would violate what God clearly has taught in his word. To do that, we would be wrong. We'd be disobedient to the Lord. And so understand as well that there is a time and a place where obeying God may be in opposition to be, to be obedient to parents. In those situations, we obey God rather than man. There may be a time and place where you truly want to honor your father and mother and honor their wishes and honor them well, but to do so would be in disobedience to the clear commands of Scripture. When those situations come, we honor God over father or mother. There's limitations. There's limitations to obedience to father and mother. There's limitations to honoring father and mother if honoring or obeying would be contrary to what would be honoring and glorifying to the Lord. We obey God. We obey God rather than man. Number five, there's a principle of blessing for those who honor their father and mother. He says, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. He says the same thing in Ephesians chapter 6, Colossians chapter 3. There's this principle, there's this principle of blessing that comes from honoring our father and mother. And listen, the reality is the word of God makes it very clear from cover to cover that there is a principle of blessing because of obedience. Obedience that brings blessing in disobedience that brings the correcting hand of God. Turmoil, problems, when we're disobedient to the Lord. Let me give you five challenges regarding the fifth commandment as we close this morning. Challenge number one, parents, recognize the role that God has given to you. This is a sobering thought that we are called as parents by God to teach, train, And lead our children well. To teach, lead, and train our children well. And we will give an account to the Lord for that. Parents, recognize the role God has given to you. What an important role God has given to us as parents. And again, we probably as parents that are here today don't have to think back too long to realize the times that we have failed in that role. We are law breakers, right? But what a great opportunity when that happens to recount and recite to our children the grace of God that is through Jesus Christ. The forgiveness that we need as parents. That our children need. That everyone needs. And that's found through Christ. Number two, children recognize the role God has given to you. Parents have a role. Children have a role. We recognize the authority 
that God has. Number three, parents and children recognize that the ultimate authority and power belongs to God. The ultimate authority and power belong to God. Some of you may be here and you had a very difficult childhood because your parents did not treat you, love you, or raise you the way that they should have. Some of you have a bitterness towards your parents. Some of you have an anger and resentment towards your parents because of the way that they treated you or the way that they brought you up. Recognize, again, that the the Lord ultimately is the one who has all authority and power. And so your parents will give an account to the Lord. Your parents will give an account to the Lord. Your mom Your dad will give an account to the Lord for what they have done, what they have said, how they have raised you, how they've treated you. God will handle that. But we still have a responsibility before the Lord to recognize his authority in our lives and what he's called us to do in regards to the honor and respect that is to be shown to those that God has put in those positions of authority. Number four, Parents and children recognize we will ultimately answer to the Lord for our obedience. It's both. Parents and children will answer to the Lord for our obedience. Thankfully, through Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness of sins and the punishment for sin has been taken care of. If you know Christ as Savior today, you know that. But the word of God is very clear. We will give an account to the Lord. And number five, honor your father and mother in obedience to God's command. Simply seek to be obedient. Maybe this morning uh, you're in a spot where you need to pray to the Lord, to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be obedient to this command. Whatever that may look like, make it clear to me how today I can honor moving forward my father and mother. Maybe this morning as a parent you need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to live in such a way that is deserving of honor from my children, that I would model to them Christ, that I would diligently teach them and train them and live out the gospel to them. Maybe today as a child, you need to pray that prayer that you would honor the Lord in obedience, but honor your father and mother in obedience to God's command. Again, as we've said from the very beginning of this series, the point of all of these commands in the law was to show us, to point us as a schoolmaster, as a tutor, the word of God says, to Christ. We need Christ. We need forgiveness of sins because we are imperfect people. If you're here today and you hear all this and you're like, man, I fail miserably at all of that, you're in good company because we all fail. We all fall short. But there is grace and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. If you don't know him as your savior today, you can. You can know him. You can have forgiveness. You can have life. Before you leave today, come on down front and talk to me before you leave about how you can have a relationship with Jesus if you don't. If you do, similarly to how this would set the nation of Israel apart when they were obedient to God's commands, you and I will be set apart in the culture we find ourselves living in as we honor and obey God's word. We will be set apart We will bring glory to the Lord. And that's what he's called us to, to let our lights shine before men that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. So let's be obedient. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these commands.
Thank you, Father, for the instruction that you've given to us. I pray that we would be obedient to you, our Heavenly Father, that in doing so, we would clearly show to a watching world that we follow Christ. Please forgive us for the times that we fail. Please give us the strength, the boldness, the resolve, the wisdom to live for you, to please you. I pray for moms and dads in this room today that we would give instruction to our children that would be right and pleasing in your sight, that we would love them and care for them as precious gifts that you've given to us, Lord, as parents, that as children we would honor our father and mother, that we would honor them and in doing so honor you, recognizing your ultimate authority and your ultimate power, Lord. We love you and we thank you that you love us and care for us. Please help us to go from here rejoicing in Christ and ready to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.